0: I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a married father of three who led a secret double life where he claimed to be a firefighter. He lied to his fiancée about everything, defrauded her out of thousands of pounds and even got her pregnant after faking a vasectomy. I'll also be covering one of the most ridiculous Irish robberies ever committed and much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. Colleen Greenwood met James Scott in September 2014 on Match.com when she was 40 and he was 33. He put on a great front, pretending to be a wealthy divorced father of two and heroic firefighter. As it was a dating website, he no doubt had at least one picture of himself being friends with a dog, and another where he was holding a large fish that he may or may not have actually caught himself. Colleen had been married twice before and worked as an estate agent. She and James bonded over being parents to two daughters, even though hers were flesh and blood, and his were made entirely of lies. He said their mother had moved with them from England to Texas, so he didn't get the opportunity to see them much. That's a convenient way of never having to produce your pretend daughters. Because they live in Texas, y'all. James really played up the macho, altruistic image. His profile name was Firefighter J. Now, not all professions are profile name worthy, are they? You don't see a lot of customer service J, parking inspector J, or abattoir worker J's out there on dating sites now, do you? James claimed to work for County Durham and Darlington Fire and Rescue Service. Not only did he say he was a firefighter, but he also told Porky Pies about being a super heroic one. He spun a great yarn about saving a little boy's life by rescuing him from a burning building and claimed that he even broke his back in the process. But even that didn't put him off his dangerous career of saving lives and being awesome. Colleen was thrilled to be vibing with such a heroic and caring man. They began dating and soon moved into a house in County Durham together with Colleen's two actual daughters because his were in Texas, y'all. James was only there three nights a week, though, as his work with the fire service kept him away for the other four, or so he said. This and everything else he told Colleen was a steaming pile of bullshit, but she wouldn't find that out for over two years. James Scott's real name was Greg Wilson. He was a former soldier and had never been a firefighter nor had he ever saved a boy from a burning building. The card and messages he showed Colleen from the boy's grateful family were actually things that he sent to himself. The four days a week he spent away fighting fires and rescuing people were actually spent with his wife of 13 years and their three sons at their home 30 miles away in Darlington. What a manipulative prick. Colleen later told the media... I believed I was sharing my life with a wonderful, caring man, a true hero who risked his life as a firefighter. To pull a quote from Bojack Horseman, when you look at someone through rose-coloured glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. I'm not here to victim blame. It sounds like this arsehole was actually really good at conning people. He is far more morally bankrupt than he is dumb. And romance scams are quite successful because people want to believe in love. Colleen and James talked a lot about their future together and Colleen let him in on her dream to one day own a boutique wine bar. But it was all future faking on James's part. They also discussed having children but decided against it. Colleen was over 40 at the time and felt that her family was complete with the two kids that she already had. The wonderful and heroic James told Colleen he was going to get a vasectomy so they didn't have to worry about her falling pregnant. After the supposed operation, she saw bruising and dressings on his penis. Maybe he punched himself in the dick. Maybe it was Maybelline. He also showed her a medical report which stated that he now had a sperm count of nil. The links link some dirtbags or go-to to avoid wearing a damn condom, huh? Two months later, Colleen discovered she was pregnant. She was gobsmacked such a thing could happen after James's vasectomy. He declared that this pregnancy must have been a miracle pregnancy, and his enthusiasm for their future miracle baby convinced Colleen to continue on and have the child. After all, miracles are rare and important. In December 2015, James proposed to Colleen. The plan was to marry a year later at the super fancy Wynyard Hall, a hotel and wedding venue that looks as grand as Downton Abbey. Then they were going to go on a honeymoon to Las Vegas. Unfortunately for Colleen, her miracle pregnancy did not go miraculously well. Her waters broke at 23 weeks. Due to complications, she had to have an emergency C-section. She and the baby nearly died. As soon as their baby Charlie was born in February 2016, he was put on a life support machine. It was touch and go whether he would live or die, but he managed to survive. Now with a ring on Colleen's finger and his son at her breast, James figured he'd locked her down well enough to start defrauding her. In March 2016, he suggested they buy a property on the Newcastle Quayside. He said it would be the perfect place for them to run a boutique wine bar and restaurant. He'd even picked out a name for it, At Scott's. Like the at symbol and his fake surname Scott? Ugh, the early 2000s called. They want their pithy little internet reference name back, Greg. Wicked Trixie James showed Colleen a doctored bank statement that made it look as though his mother had transferred £2 million into his account. He also showed her emails between himself, his mother's business manager and her accountant. But like the thank you card from the family of the imaginary boy he rescued, James had written these himself. The facade was a successful looking one. Colleen had been to visit the site of their future business four times and James was working away making elaborate plans for it. He claimed Gordon Ramsay was going to run the restaurant and singer Sam Smith would perform at the opening party. Because this douche's self aggrandizing knows no bounds. He also hired several businesses to be involved in marketing, not that they'd ever see a penny from him for the work they did. As Colleen and her sister Karen both worked in real estate, in August 2016, James came up with another business idea he was sure would tickle their fancy. He suggested the three of them should set up a property company called Gemini to manage residences he claimed his mother owned and others that they would invest in in the future. He even dummied up a list of properties that he said his mother owned that would be transferred to their new company. To get the projects off the ground, Colleen and Karen quit their jobs and gave James £58,000 to invest in the business. By this point, Colleen and James's wedding was looming. To keep up the charade, he told Colleen that he would plan the entire thing himself, but of course he couldn't marry her as he was still married and living half the time with his secret family. Now what do you do when you're a lying, cheating scumbag who feels backed into a corner? Why, you fake a terminal illness, of course. Probably wanting to pick something people wouldn't ask too many questions about, James claimed to be suffering from suspected testicular cancer. So the wedding was postponed to February 2017. When that date approached, she had to come up with a new excuse to get out of it. What to do? What to do? Should he say he had dick cancer? A prolapsed anus? A gangrenous prostate? Some kind of combustible pussy ball situation? No, that would be ridiculous. Obviously, it was time to bring his imaginary daughters into the mix. He told Colleen he was flying to Texas to bring his daughters back to England for the wedding. When he came back without them, he claimed his evil ex-wife refused to let them come and he was simply too devastated to get married with them not there. After the second wedding cancellation, Colleen's sister Karen became very suspicious of James and his testicular bullshit. She contacted Wynyard Hall, the venue he claimed to have booked for the wedding, and discovered he'd never made arrangements for them to be wed there. On the day the postponed wedding was supposed to take place, Karen went to Colleen's house to confront James. He and Colleen had just come home from grocery shopping. James took the shopping out of the car, undid Charlie from his baby seat, and handed him to one of Colleen's daughters. Then he said he'd be back in a minute and drove off. That was the last they ever saw of him. The sisters got the police involved and James was arrested for fraud. Colleen was, of course, devastated. In her victim impact statement, she later said, The shock, hurt and disbelief I've felt is extremely hard to put into words. As the reality set in that James Scott, the man I loved, never existed, it felt like a bereavement. These emotions were counterbalanced by the increasing feeling of stupidity and humiliation I felt. Poor Colleen, what a fucking nightmare. Don't you think it's time we heard from James's wife and the mother of his three sons? She's not a big fan of his either. I'm going to refer to her as Nicole because she does not wish to be named. But whenever I allot a fake name to someone in this situation, part of me worries that I'm accidentally calling them by their real first name. Anyway, Nicole met James, whose real name is Greg Wilson, when she was just 17 years old and he was 20. They married in 2002 when she was five months pregnant with their eldest son. Oh, he's bloody fertile, isn't he? Nicole told the media... We were young and happy and life was fun then, but everything changed later. He did one six-month tour of Iraq and was later medically discharged suffering from PTSD. Now I wonder whether he pulled the wool over the army's eyes as well, because he was found to have no problems when he was being examined before this court case. He managed to leave the army with £100,000 in compensation due to his supposed PTSD. That's a life-changing sum of money, but he just burnt through it all in a year. Nicole said, It all went on himself. He liked flashy clothes, designer watches and smart cars. He liked to look like the big man. When he first got the money, he took us looking at big houses near Stockton and had the boys picking their bedrooms, believing that's where they'd end up living. But it was all a lie. The money went on Greg because he's the only person he's interested in. Nicole is certain that Colleen was definitely not Greg slash James's first affair. She said, He'd been with women before that. I knew it in my heart, but like a fool, I ignored it. He'd go missing all the time for 90 minutes without any explanation, and I'm sure he was seeing other women in that time. To explain his absence three nights a week, James told Nicole he was away working at a golf centre. He appeared to be earning an income from that job, but of course that was just the money that he was getting from Colleen, her sister, and other hoodwinked investors. Nicole told the media, He is a narcissist who gets a kick from thinking he's cleverer than everyone else, that he can fool anyone because he's the smartest guy around. I know that people will wonder how I didn't realise for a long time what he was like, but he was so manipulative and controlling that I didn't realise how badly he was wrecking my life. On November 5th, 2015, Nicole finally threw him out of the house. She'd done some digging and discovered his relationship with Colleen and that he'd got her pregnant, and she was appropriately appalled. She said he kept coming around pestering her for sex after the baby was born because Colleen wasn't able to do it at the time. Nice. No doubt you're curious how he got away with his bullshit for so long. Investigating officer Detective Constable Chris Bentham said that he was the most convincing con man that he had ever come across. He stated, In my 23 years of policing, I have never encountered a man as manipulative as Greg Wilson. He is a compulsive liar who has shown absolutely no remorse. In January 2020, Greg pleaded guilty to eight counts of fraud, two of forgery and one each of converting criminal property and making a false statement about a birth. He was sentenced to six years in prison. The judge told him, The background to this offending shows frankly draw-dropping arrogance and cruelty in the way that you so persistently and wickedly deceived your victims, particularly Colleen Greenwood. You lied about your name, occupation, family details, marital status, and quite bizarrely, faked a vasectomy. You feigned other illness to postpone your marriage and to prolong your frauds. When you were confronted about what you had done, you did not have the courage to stay or apologise, you simply drove off out of Miss Greenwood's life and never returned, seemingly without a care for her or your own son. Not just seemingly, his wife Nicole said, he abandoned his baby with Colleen, but long before that he abandoned our children as well, when they were young and impressionable. His treatment of me and the boys has been horrific. They no longer call him dad. To them he is Greg and they are glad that he has gone to jail. What a narcissistic piece of shit, huh? If I find myself single again, best believe I will be hiring a team of private investigators to look into any potential romantic prospects. Do Biggest advise assault with injuries at Damage Jam 1602 SPID. Delta three forty and to 441? of You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. In 2008, 32-year-old ne'er-do-well Alan McNally went into a cost-cutters store in County Meath in Ireland to do a spot of shoplifting. While in the shop, the dim light bulb metaphorically hanging above Alan's head lit up brightly as he got the genius idea to rob the joint. Completely unprepared for such a caper, Alan's robbery didn't go to plan because there was no plan to begin with. At around 11.15 a.m. on January 14th, Alan went into the shop in a fidgety state. He picked up a packet of polo mints and waited in line. Not quite ready to pull off the perfect robbery, Alan bided his time by letting several other customers go ahead of him to pay. As he finally arrived at the front of the queue, he put his mints on the counter. When the shop assistant opened the till, Alan reached over and stuck one of his greedy grabbing hands into it. The assistant quickly slammed his hand in the till, but Alan pushed her out of the way and got his paw loose. He managed to grab three 50 euro notes before he bolted out the door. As with any brazen daylight robbery, the getaway car is an important factor, and it's best not to be relying on a beat-up old shitbox to make your escape. And yet here we are. Alan had tried to cover the license plate number with a mat, but it only partially did the trick. The shop assistant wrote down the numbers they could see, and then a customer rushed out and pulled the mat out of the way and got the full number. The getaway driver, Alan's 23-year-old baby mama, Amy Faye, was unprepared for the task at hand as, like Alan, she had no idea he was going to rob the joint. She started the beat-up old 1991 Toyota Carina and tried to drive off, but the fussy beast would only move in reverse, so she... Backed away from the scene of the crime as fast as she could. After the robbery was reported to the cops, they searched the area for the vehicle and found it parked in a field. When they asked the couple what they were doing, Alan told an officer that he was looking for a fishing spot. At that exact moment, a 50 euro note fell out of Amy's pocket and the police arrested them on the spot. Okay. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In 2014, Zubair Khan from Pakistan and Bita Zalagi from Hungary were having a sham wedding as a means of enabling Khan to stay in the UK. But things did not go according to plan here either. Just before their ceremony in October, the registrar contacted the Home Office after Khan had to call the person who arranged the fraudulent marriage to ask for his future wife's name. Khan and Beda were subsequently arrested. They both pleaded guilty to conspiracy to facilitate a breach of immigration law and were sentenced to 20 months and 17 months respectively. (laughs) Let's figure out her name, dude. How hard is it? This next one comes from an article titled, Bus Driver in Banana Attack Nightmare. You know I can't go past a headline like that. A woman in Sweden was teaching her daughter to drive and claimed that a bus driver stopped merely inches away from crashing into them. The driver said when he stopped at the next bus stop, the woman ran onto the bus, started yelling at him and then hit him with a banana. He said... She hit me right in the face with the half-eaten banana. I had banana all over me, on my tie, my shirt and my eye. It felt offensive when 30 passengers saw the whole thing. He also said that the incident had even made him consider quitting driving buses for good. Later that day, the driver said that his bananary eye hurt. He went to the doctor, who apparently diagnosed him with vitreous detachment. The woman, however, insisted that it did not go down like that. She said, I was holding the banana while standing there gesturing and suddenly it flew away. Don't you just hate it when the food you're holding just up and flies away? The court ruled in the bus driver's favor after a witness who was sitting at the front of the bus at the time supported his version of events. In broad daylight, 64-year-old Florida man Kenneth Carlyle walked fully naked up the driveway of his next-door neighbor's place, onto their porch, and proceeded to take a dump on a glass table. Well, if you don't want people taking a dump on your table, maybe don't have a glass-topped one. Isn't that what they're for? Cops say this majestic moment was captured on two separate angles of the victim's home security video footage. You wouldn't want it from just one angle. I mean, personally, I'd prefer it from three or four. We need a multi-cam setup. When officers arrived, they spoke to Carlisle through the door of his RV camper and he was still visibly naked and highly uncooperative. The police arrested him on a charge of criminal mischief and booked him into the county jail. He remained behind bars as he was already facing several criminal charges from an arrest in December. In that case, he had been busted for drunk driving and discharging multiple firearms into a lake near his place. (laughs) Carlisle had fired the guns at the lake while he was sitting in his car. But perhaps that's just how people go fishing in Clearwater, Florida. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to ad free episodes and monthly bonus episodes and higher levels also receive a variety of merchandise. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WD Criminals Pod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast.